This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Polsonelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hi guys, I'm so excited for you to listen in on this conversation with Yasmin. I met Yasmin through MWH and the moment I met her, I just felt like this calm, grounded, centered energy. And that's really the energy she holds. And you just feel it as soon as you connect with her. And um, something that I really learned a lot from her about is boundaries. And this is a topic that I've definitely spoken about here on the podcast. She actually wrote a book called The Sugar Jar on boundaries. And it is something that I'm taking with me in this next evolution and next chapter of my life, realizing how important boundaries are as a highly sensitive person, as a meditation teacher and leader. And I hope that you get as much out of this as I have. So I hope you enjoy the episode. It doesn't feel like it's me still, but it's because it's moving, what do you like mean? It's moving through me. Yeah. Like the work, like when I see it, it feels like, you, I don't know if you feel like this, but there's a separation between who I am and what I do. Mm-hmm. And I've put that there on purpose, really just to protect my own mental health. We're like into the podcast episode, sorry. Well, we're like, kind of. Like we can be if we yeah. want to be. But 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 yeah, I put that there to protect my mental health um, so that I can be off and not be Yasmin Cheyenne, the perception, but just Yasmin. Wow. Um, so when I see the book, it's like that's the embodiment of the energy that I bring on and whatever I channel to help me create that for people. Um, and I'm trying to make sure that I'm reminding myself, yes, and I also said yes to it and did it, and it's okay to to, to hold it. Does that make sense? Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was very intentional for me to separate because I don't want my human self attached to the size of my community, the people I know. When I meet people, I don't care if you're a celebrity or this or that. I want to meet you as a human. I don't yeah. want. And yeah, that was my way of making sure that when I show up, I'm just showing up as Yasmin, not any of the things. But now I realize I need to reclaim some of that and like be. It is me. I am and embody it. And embody right? it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, I just saw like a sparkle. <laughs> I see things mm-hmm. see energy mm-hmm. and as you said that a sparkle right there like I love, boom. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love it do you need a minute to like ground or anything no, I, know you're just were, I was in the elevator I was like and when I was even walking I'm like no energy's on my side time perfect we got that's this. it that's yep. it yes I love it <laughs> I'm so happy yeah we're good I'm so happy that you're here and Thank that you, you made this time because I know how first of all you're not in the city anymore you don't live here mm-hmm. you're coming here and you're getting so much done in the small time mm-hmm. that you have here and it's so true what you just said i love claiming that energy and time is on our side mm-hmm. and we're constantly creating the space for the things that we want to do and that we yeah. want to give our energy and time to and i'm so grateful that this was one of those things so oh thank my you gosh. i'm so happy to be here thank you yeah. It's been such a pleasure meeting you mm-hmm. through MWH. 
I feel so grateful for the opportunity individually Mm -hmm. and then like collectively and being able to connect through that together. It's been so special. It really has. And it was like an instant connection, not codependently, like a natural energetic connection of we just, uh, of seeing the energy. And I feel like that's with all the creators. There's this like instant um, admiration of the work that they do. And it's no matter what we're doing, it's all like powerful embodiment work, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the moment I met you talking about like that instant connection, I, you create such a safe, grounded and welcoming energy. And I, are you from, you're familiar with human design. Mm-hmm. You're getting familiar. I'm right? getting familiar. We've been yes. talking about this. So <laughs> I'm a projector and I, function as invitation. So Mm -hmm. like I need to be invited in and I see this in so many outlets for myself, like with friendships especially, I usually need people to take that first step and pull me in Mm -hmm. and your energy and just your aura does that. And you allow people to feel so safe. And I thank you for that because Mm -hmm. it's not um, easy for me to meet people Mm -hmm. unless I feel invited in. And usually it's much more direct, but your energy alone did that. So thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm a projector too. (laughs) You are. Which is, I I feel in conflict with that because I feel like my Aries son, I'm also an introvert. Like we're naming all the potential Mm -hmm. types of things you can be. Um, cancer rising, but I feel I I I feel that invitation piece when it comes to work. Mm-hmm. But in relationships, I feel like I can clearly sense. But maybe that is the invitation you're talking about. I can clearly sense that invitation, and then I'm like a yes to it. But I feel like in relationships, I'm more extroverted. Interesting. Yeah, I think the numbers as well. Like I am not an expert in human design, but um, I think. Like I'm a six two, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and the numbers help us understand more as well. So yeah. that might be different for us. Like I'm apparently considered a hermit, mm. so you might have different numbers where like that aspect is in completely aligning with you, and your whatever set of numbers you have can speak more to like that aspect of Got being it. more extroverted. Got it. But thank you um, for saying that in terms of creating a safe space. I feel like that's. That is one of my gifts, and I try to just receive and hold on to it. We were just talking about this a little bit before this, but that's something, that's one of my goals for this year. When someone reflects something to me and it feels like a yes, I'm working on just receiving it and being grateful for being seen, Beautiful. Um, mirroring it. Mm-hmm. I love that. As someone who gives so much, I can understand why you're like, okay, I have to receive too mm-hmm. and and be open to receive and receive it because sometimes we get in that role of just like giving and giving mm-hmm. in all different ways. Um, and not to sound like so selfless, we get something out of giving as well, but being open and willing to receive too can sometimes bring discomfort when we're the one giving and being able to do both and have that balance I think is so important. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like that's, you know, when we talk about my book, The Sugar Jar, the whole concept of it is around, yes, giving and giving the sweet parts of you, the sugar, the time, the resources, the money, the attention, but also do you have access to that for yourself? And for me, I think I'm such a natural giver and I'm like, oh, you have a headache? 
let me pull out all the tinctures in my cabinet and make you this and then create an herbal melody and then let's do a medit like I'm like always in how can I help mode Mm -hmm. I have this season has really been about learning even compliments like when someone says you're you know that was so kind and I think my natural reaction is thank you but you're so Mm -hmm. kind and I'm just like I can just pause and receive. Um, That's been really healing for me lately. Before you arrived here, I saw that you posted something actually that speaks to that. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I have really had to grow into. Um, And I don't mean to butcher your quote at all, and you can repeat it in the way that you said it. But it was about for your mental health, Mm. you accept that you don't need to tell other people what to do for their mental health, like something yes, like I that. I protect my mental health by, you know, allowing other people to make their own choices, essentially. And not feel like you know what's best for them. Yes. And honoring their path. Honoring and it. it's been a journey for me because I have found such peace and healing through my path that I've wanted to share it with the world and everyone I know and love. And... um especially like family and I'm like if you could just do this things would get so much easier just do it and then it's like okay I surrender and it's available to them if they want it and I open up to that to them finding whatever it is they need Mm -hmm. so I loved that chair thank you for that thank you yeah I feel like the reminder that everyone's not coming with me on this journey has been the biggest gift in freeing myself from feeling like it's my responsibility to bring everyone with me. Mm. There are folks who are coming with me. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of people who uh, are interested in both of our work. Um, It's just the people closest to me, I'm like, you have access to me for free. Like, come on, let's do this. And they're like, "Eh, not sure about the meditation, (laughs) don't care about the tinctures. I'm like, ah. Um, And people always say to me like, oh my gosh, it must be so lucky for your friends and family. I'm like, That's not all that's happening here. <laughs> not meditating together all the time. There's this assumption that like my life must just be healed and all my friends and family must just be like soaking it all up. Yeah, right? No. <laughs> not what happened. <laughs> I love that. And it's so damn relatable. <laughs> yes. Even yeah. my spouse, like my partner. I love him and I love that he's not as woo as me because I don't know, we'd be living on Mars or something yeah. if, if, he was, if we were on the same level. Um, but I've learned to just allow him to be interested in the pieces that he is interested in yeah. and release what he's not. Mm-hmm. And like when I find a place, I'm like, oh, you have to try this form of therapy. And he's like, I am not interested. I'm like, but it'll get rid of your pain. Right. He's like, not interested. I'm like, got it. Because when we respect other people's boundaries, we are allowing them to honor what's best for them and we cannot ask other people to respect our boundaries and then consistently violate the people around us in the name of quote-unquote love Mm -hmm. and i've had to learn that the hard way that i don't know what's best for other people i may and this is hard because sometimes you're like no i've been there i actually do know what's best but it might not be what they want Mm -hmm. and to know that people sometimes decide to choose things that may not be what's best for them and that's the journey they are allowed to go on that's yeah that's tough it's tough and it's it's it could be really challenging to watch mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and 
I think in those moments, um, I've had to turn so much to my faith mm-hmm. and trust in the divine plan because it can be so, so intense mm-hmm. to just be the observer of. And it's true, like we don't know better than anyone else for their own life and what they should be doing. Um, and to try to take them off their path could be a huge disservice to them. <laughs> yeah, we're not giving them – we're trying to manage their power. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so empower- – one of the most empowering things about my experience is the fact that I chose it myself. Yeah. And I try to remember that for other people. When you choose this work, whatever version of it you choose for yourself, that's where you stand in your power. I remember when I – you know, whether it's you decided to stop drinking or when you decided to start meditating or when you decided whatever it is, that's when you felt like this is the first time I chose me. Um, and we don't want to bring people along kicking and screaming. Yeah. We want them to walk with us freely. And I think the biggest learning lesson for me has been you can love people and be in relationship with people and they are not doing what's quote unquote best for them and you can still be in relationship with them. They do not have to become your version of healed mm-hmm. or whatever to be in relationship and yeah. that's been freeing for me too just yeah. loving people as they are yeah and love like mm-hmm. really feeling that love like taking whatever those feelings you may have and transmuting it just to love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because love is healing and sitting in that space is can be so transformative for you and the other person as well because mm-hmm. it's a frequency like every everything else mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about your life and what's guided you to this point of being an author yeah you know i'm from new york i'm from brooklyn and i am probably the least likely person that I would think would be in this work because I was so from a place of logic, like X plus Y equals Z. There was no room for gray or energy or flow. Um, I even, I'm a veteran. I joined the military out of high school and served on active duty for five years. But the beauty, I think, of this work and of life is that it cracked me open in the military when I was serving as a victim advocate for victims of domestic violence and abuse. Um, And just, I think being so young, one, but two, recognizing that I had a capacity to hold space for people who had been through really hard things. And I've never said this publicly, but I think part of it is because I had also been through really hard things. Um, Being someone who mirrored this for them, like I see you, you see me, it made me realize that I had a gift for helping them feel safe and seen. And it made me curious about what it was about me that uh, I was able to hold that space for them and still live my life and not feel absorbed. Because for a lot of people, they couldn't be exposed to their stories and the things that they were going through and still feel grounded and able to live their lives. And so I started my own healing journey while I was in the military, uh, that was almost 15 years ago um, at this point, over that. And once I started my own healing journey, it became clear to me that this was something that I should be doing. And I will be honest, I did not, I was like, why can't I just like be a lawyer? Like, (laughs) why does it have to be this? The reason why I felt like that is because 
I knew that it would encourage me to go deeper. I've met, and you're in this space too, not everyone in healing is doing the work. Like that's that's a fact. Um, but for me, I knew that it was going to be an invitation to truly heal myself. And I think I was nervous about that at first. And so I wrote about it. And I took the time to develop this. And I started this at nine years old, but like once I started my healing journey, I really started to dive into this internal conversation with myself. Eventually I finally got the confidence to share it. I didn't start sharing on Instagram until 2017. Um, I would just be healing through word of mouth and doing workshops and working with people one-on-one literally through you know, the old school way, like yeah. someone refers you to someone else mm-hmm. and putting up something on your website and getting people to come and sign up. And that kind of changed everything. I didn't really realize, I, I saw social media as a distraction from the work at first. And I didn't realize that I could be authentically sharing what I'm sharing in a space that may have lots of what is perceived as distractions but people are looking for answers and can't find me unless I'm there. So that's kind of a concise uh, version of the story of how I got to where I am today. I love that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know social media has become almost like our main news outlet, I want to say. like any, And not just the news of what we see on the news, but just anything that's going on, Mm -hmm. that's where we find it. It's almost like the new Google. It's you know true when you say it like like that. anything you want to find you can and now you could even search like I could search yeah. astrology and like find whatever it may be so it's so true and to be able I'm having a lot of experiences too where I'm um, questioning the I guess judgments I have around something how like you saw it as a distraction and then seeing maybe expanding that perspective mm-hmm. and being able to see how it actually can offer something beneficial and healing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's like part of the new paradigm where we can just analyze our thoughts or judgments towards something and then be like, how could we see this as more expansive? And Mm -hmm. look at how many people you're now able to reach for being there, like the impact that has had. Was there one moment, like I understand being a counselor and assisting people through a really hard time helped to open you up, but do you remember like one distinct, distinct moment that led to this quote unquote awakening? I think that the biggest one, well, there were many, but one of the big ones was when I got divorced Um, or when I knew I was going to be getting divorced. And I think it's because it went against all of the stories. So like the judgment I had or the perception that I had about social media being a distraction, quote unquote, was a story. It wasn't Mm -hmm. really true. But because I believed it to be true, I was making all of my decisions based on that truth. Mm -hmm. So when I knew that I was going to be getting divorced, the story that I had was that I had failed. The story that I had was that I was not going to be acceptable in society. I was probably never going to have love. I had ruined my child, you know, and so that was about as low as I could Mm. get. In addition to the fact that I was getting out of the military, I didn't know it at the time, but we were in a recession so that, you know, I couldn't find a job. So it was like every aspect of my life and what I thought was the definition of having done well Mm -hmm. was being unraveled. Mm. Um, And even though I had already been on my healing journey at that point, it was the first time that I got to put the tools to the test on 
for myself um, and really begin to see how they could show up in my life, mm-hmm. but also that it's not as easeful as I was expecting. Um, this awakening period was like a five year yeah. <laughs> period of just anxiety, uh, depression, low self-worth, and confusion about who I was and why it had to be so hard. Mm-hmm. And so I, f- I really feel like that was my quote unquote fighting period. Mm-hmm. I had to fight to choose myself because I was really contemplating just reverting back and being like, maybe it'll just be more easy to pretend. Maybe it would just be more easy to <laughs> ignore like all of this because mm-hmm. it seems like everybody else is doing great. <laughs> like, you know, why do I have to like contemplate why this matters? Maybe I should just get a job and move on. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't. Yeah. Yep. You had the call. I had and the couldn't call. ignore it. Yep. And so I dove in. I mean, I then after that, like after that five year period, I dove in two feet. Like, okay. That's when I really like, that's when I started my meditation teaching and uh, training. And that's when I was, you know, in the sweat lodge in the middle of a mountain somewhere. And, you know, that you don't have to do those things, but that was part of my journey. And a lot Mm -hmm. of folks like me, uh, a part of our journey, because uh, we, we just, I don't know, for some reason, the invitation takes us like all the way to the other side for Mm -hmm. a moment. And we're, we just dive in and for myself. I wanted to see how far this New Yorker could go because again, be, and I mention that all the time because this is that's not a very New York thing. New York is kind of LA now, but like yeah. when I was growing up, yeah, and you know, mm-hmm. this is not. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. The healing was not a part of the vibe, mm-hmm. um, and so the keep your head down. Don't make eye contact with anyone. Hustle, move fast, move hard, move better. And my military training, which had put a whole nother wall on top of me, it was time for me to break all of that down and to see who I was without all the societal stories, context, and beliefs about who I should be or what a person like me should be and kind of let it go. And yeah. So powerful. Wow. And what led you – I want you to share about the sugar jar Mm -hmm. because the focus of it is so important and I resonate so much with the importance of boundaries. Um, But share a little bit of what led you to that focus of your book and tell us, I don't know, anything that like you think we just need to hear for those who haven't read it. Like Mm -hmm. what will they get out of it and – why everyone should read it. <laughs> this is another rock bottom. <laughs> that's what's so funny. I think that's important. I I have hit many rock bottoms. None seem to be as hard as the last, thank goodness. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm hitting my rock bottom. So, you know, my rock bottom right now might be the floor before my rock bottom might be feeling like I'm falling 20,000, 23 stories yeah. down. They just depend. But I just given birth to my second daughter and I was burnt out. I was exhausted. Um, I was exhausted and burnt out even though I was doing what I loved at the moment. 
And I had believed the story I had at that time was if I finally get to the place where I'm doing what I love and everything's great, then I won't have these issues and problems anymore. And here I was with my rainbow baby and my oldest daughter was doing great. My husband and I were great and we were having the parties and the and I was I was burning out and there was a lot of shame because I couldn't understand how I was teaching people to live better mm -hmm. and I was still struggling. In that moment, I just genuinely believed divinely the sugar jar came to me and that I felt like a jar of sugar. And people were coming into my energetic kitchen, taking the sweet parts of me, my time, my energy, my money, my resources. They wanted to pick my brain, but I didn't understand how they were getting in and I realized I didn't have a lid on my jar. I didn't have the boundaries in place that I thought I had in place. And I was just sharing this like with a friend on a voice note. It was never supposed <laughs> to be shared publicly. Wow. It was never supposed to be something that turned into a book. I shared it with this friend and she was like, you need to talk about this publicly. <laughs> I didn't even think it was anything. Yeah. Um, and then I talked about it publicly on her podcast and people were like, oh my God, can we do a workshop? So then I just started teaching workshops and I still at this point was like, it's just gonna be like a year thing and then we're gonna move on. But everybody wanted to talk to me about it and I realized maybe this is a book, maybe this is how, because it, it really was the framework of my teaching, which is, it was always about boundaries for me. It was always about understanding how to reclaim your power, reclaim your energy and have autonomy over yourself. The sugar jar just helped me to really give people the visual. And mm -hmm. I think because I'm always a teacher, I always say I'm a teacher for people who feel like it's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. so the sugar jar became the easiest way for those folks. You don't have to remember all the tools. You don't have to have the right yoga mat. You don't have to have all the things. Everybody's seen a jar of sugar. doesn't matter which jar of sugar it is. Is yours full or empty? And if it's empty, what do you need to do to get back some of you? And... And I think that that's why it's been resonating so well because yeah. people can easily understand yeah. the ways in which they might be not prioritizing themselves and giving too much of them away. Yeah, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Wow. And it's so cool to like how organically it occurs when it's like your mission and your dharma and what you're supposed to bring into the world. Like people, it, it unfolded for you. You were able to see there was a need for people to know and understand this and learn mm -hmm. how to have these boundaries because I feel like for so long we've been conditioned to think we have to overgive and that's the right thing to do and we should take other people before ourselves. But at the end of the day, it's the oxygen mask. It has mm -hmm. to go on us first and we have to fill ourselves up so we even have some sugar to give because if we don't, we, we won't have anything to go around. Right. And I think for most of us, it's also reclaiming the idea. For a lot of us, we think people are taking from me. They keep coming in. They're taking. They're violating my trust. They're, you know, we like to put it on everyone else. The sugar jar switches that around. How are you giving? How yeah. are you saying yes to these things? And if you don't want to be saying yes, how can you start being honest with people? And most importantly, yourself. Mm -hmm. about what you don't have time for. People don't want to do that. People, it, it's a lot it's sexier hard. to say my friends are selfish. It's a lot sexier, you know, or attractive to say my partner doesn't get me. It's a lot tougher to say 
I didn't tell them the truth because I was afraid I would hurt their feelings Mm -hmm. or I didn't say no because I was afraid that they would leave me or that I wouldn't belong because a lot of the times when we're saying yes and we don't want to it's because we feel like this is how we get seen loved respected and validated and we're reprogramming ourselves to realize that we can have all of that love being loved being seen being respected being validated being cared for while also honoring ourselves and keeping some of it for ourselves yeah and it's hard to believe that but it's it's the truth and healthy relationships is the truth it's so true Mm -hmm. what are three tips you would give to someone that has difficulty saying no and honoring their boundaries i think the first thing that people need to do when putting a boundary in place is ask themselves am i am i being honest When you say yes, a lot of us are giving a resentful yes. Like, yes, okay, Mm -hmm. versus yes. (laughs) So am I being honest when I said yes? This doesn't require, oh, they need me. Like, this isn't about that. Like, was I honest when I said yes? The second- So like, did I honestly want to say yes? I want to do this. Okay. (laughs) Did this feel good to me? Um, Am I excited about this? The second thing that I think is important is, do I trust myself? Because people, we often, sometimes we feel like I have to say yes. And the reason why we feel like we have to say yes is because if I say no, I might lose. Mm. And when I think that I might lose if I say no, I want you to question, do you trust that you don't know? Do you not trust that your yes or your no are what you truly want? Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I still am rewiring my self-trust for decisions that I've made that haven't turned out the way that I wanted them to. Most human beings are learning to trust themselves in different ways and different capacities, whether it's in your relationship, in friendships, in your marriage, when you have children, at work, in business, for sure, in business. And so getting curious about that because your yes could be, or your no, whatever you're saying could be coming from a place of lack of self-trust, which leads to number three, because if it's coming from a lack of self-trust, then your yes or no could be coming from a place of scarcity. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. If I don't do this, then whatever story you believe, I'll lose them. They won't see me. I'll lose my job if I don't stay late. My partner will find someone else. They'll cheat on me. My, My mom won't, you know, whatever your story is. And the reason why it's important to kind of go through these, and I'm sorry, it's not those tips that are like, no, I'm loving write down these. your list of- No, I'm loving these. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you have to be willing to see how it's you. Mm-hmm. We can't control everyone else. People do not care that you're overwhelmed. People do not care that you're overburdened. Yeah. They're going to ask you to show up. It's not that they don't love you or see you. They need you. It's going to be your responsibility to tell them whether you can meet them or show up for them the way they're asking you to. The only way you can do that honestly is if you ask yourself if you have the space. Now, obviously, when someone says, the the quick tip that I can give you, when someone comes to you and says, hey, can you help me move? You're not going to be like, hold on and give me 45 minutes and do all these questions (laughs) that I just gave you. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, let me look at my calendar. The way that you begin to have the spaciousness to answer them honestly is stop answering questions, stop answering requests right away. Okay. I, I like this recommend everyone wait 24 hours. 
even if it's your best friend, when your best friend says, hey, do you want to go to dinner tonight? Oh my gosh, that sounds so exciting. Let me get back to you tomorrow. Um, and if we can, you know, we'll figure out the places that we can. And if okay. we can't, we'll do it another time. It gives you a, a pause to think, do I have the space to go to dinner? And you might be thinking like, Yasmin, it's just dinner. Like, who cares? No, these things add up. Mm-hmm. Like the way we do one thing is the yep. way we do everything. So true. So giving yourself a pause between your answers and why you don't have to answer right away. Like even with your boss, when your boss says, hey, can you stay late tomorrow? Can I let you know later on? We're so afraid of not having the right answer, of not being in the know, of not seeming like we have it all together. I feel like that's a part of the letting go too. Yeah. Having that pause doesn't mean that I don't know. Having that pause means that I'm prioritizing myself and mm-hmm. taking time to consider how much I have to give. Um, and I think that's going to be a learned experience yeah. for a lot of us, but it's a life-changing experience when we wait before we say yes or no and really pondered whether we want to do it. I love that. I love that tip. And from there, I think the next step is finding the courage and the time to like not procrastinating then because you're scared to create that boundary mm-hmm. <laughs> and find like almost I'm, I'm feeling that people might need um, kind of like a promise to themselves in that moment of like, I'm going to give myself the time, but I'm not going to let this hang over me because of my lack of confidence in myself and trusting myself and my boundary, I'm going to need to respond by however much time you want to not let it um, just become heavier almost. Yeah. Because I could see it turning into that too. I think a lot of people know they want to say no. Yes. And they the procrastinating and waiting, the hurt that you're trying to avoid, you're yep. causing more hurt. Yep. <laughs> it's and it's, I it's mean, growing. It's growing. Um, I think that's ruder mm-hmm. than the no. Yep. And people just want to know your honest answer. Yes. And they may want to know why. Like, hey, is everything okay? Or, hey, you said no the last few times. Is there anything I can do to support you? Or there's also the people that are like, you know, F you. Why can't yeah. you ever show up? I'm not going to lie and act like yep. that's not true too. Yep. Um, but all of those answers give you feedback on the type of relationships you have and who's in your life and where you are safe being yourself, mm-hmm. where you are safest with the people that you say no to and they honor your no and still love you and support you. And for those of you who are waiting six days to respond or avoiding someone and bringing up another subject, the people who are still choosing to love you <laughs> despite yep. that, mm-hmm. um, it, it still hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think recognizing, again, just I remind myself this as well. Um, I'm not really a procrastinator on, um, I'm more of a, I'm not a procrastinator, but I have people in my life who procrastinate um, when I know it's a no. And I think it's important that they remember that that clear no the next day or whenever you can, mm-hmm. I'm not saying answer them, you know, immediately, but that alleviates that pressure that you're feeling. Yeah. The story you're telling yourself that it'll go away if you just ignore it is not true. And I think you bring up a really good point. I had this revelation a few months ago how the I know the relationships I feel safest in are the ones where someone is going to tell me 
like it is Mm -hmm. and they're going to tell me their boundaries right away and very clearly because then I never have to worry about overtaking from someone Mm -hmm. because I when I'm in a relationship I want to make sure I'm like a Libra I love really hard and like I want to make sure that other person is like just as happy and just as you know whether it be like a romantic relationship or a friendship or a Mm -hmm. business relationship I want to make sure that it's like truly balanced in that way and I feel safest when when I know the person on the other side has no problem being like, that's a hard no for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. Because I would never want someone to overgive mm-hmm. and then be in that whole situation of feeling depleted on my behalf. And that's actually given me a lot of courage to step up with my own boundaries and knowing that by creating them, I'm – fostering a healthier relationship between us and they feel safer Mm -hmm. from me being transparent and honest even if it stings in that moment like oh she doesn't want to do this with me Mm -hmm. or she doesn't want to do this for me it's like okay next time they come to me and I give them a yes they know it's a hell freaking yeah for me yeah because otherwise I would have said no yeah and the overgiving too like I I mean I I even at this point I'm in, in my journey I'm like if they overgave not really my responsibility. Yeah. It's yeah. it's tough, but yep. it's like I didn't know you were overgiving. Yeah. I asked. You said yes. I'm sorry. You should have said no. Like not my responsibility. <laughs> um and so, you know, cuz then we get into I need to mind read. I need to yep. I need oh, to yeah. be codependent oh, yeah. and making sure that you're okay. I'm not a healer in this relationship. We're just friends. Like, what do you need from me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yes. um yeah, it's it's a game changer. It's but I feel like every one of us, I mean, I mean, I'm still on the journey. I teach boundaries and I'm still on the journey. Um, I We're on the journey forever, learning how to be as honest as we can and yeah. be ourselves. And I'm, I'm one of those tell it as it is people. Um, and I've had to learn how to like not be so <laughs> tell it as it is. My gosh, pull it back a bit. And that season has been present for me too and recognizing oh wow I get to see very different sides of people mm-hmm. when I pull it back a bit because it can it, as honest as it is it can land a little heavy mm-hmm. um and it's you know it's said with kindness but still yeah. it's it lands a little heavy and I can see how my vulnerability it's a difference between being brutally honest and being vulnerably honest Mm-hmm. And I can see the difference in my oh, yeah. vulnerability in my relationship and connections when I pull that back. Um, and then also just a, one last point with the boundaries um, or with relationships for people who don't make me feel, feel safe, because I feel like we covered the safe folks. But for people who don't make you feel safe, it's harder to set boundaries because it's not safe to set boundaries mm-hmm. with them. So you may end up avoiding them. You may end up trying to ghost them or ignoring them. Those I call barriers. Um, walls. We put the wall up. Like I, I don't feel comfortable having a healthy conversation with you and getting to a boundary or sharing a boundary. So I just ignore it. And that's sometimes that's sometimes something that we do that feels like the healthiest thing that we can do to protect ourselves from people who have shown us that they're not doing the work, they're not mm-hmm. safe to have conversations with. And so don't feel like you have to be having these kinds of conversations with people that you know aren't safe. Is mm-hmm. my point because these conversations, setting boundaries, having healthy communicative discussions. Those are for people who you know you can have 
the safe conversations with people yeah. who you don't have the safe conversations with or who have shown you that they're not capable of that yeah. or don't have the capacity or maybe just aren't interested that's when you just put the boundary in place like we're not discussing this or maybe we don't have the relationship or i only see you in these circumstances yeah beautifully said thank you so much for all of this wisdom it just flows through you and you could just see like i'm sure listeners can hear it i can feel it that you're just like this channel of so much wisdom and so much helpful information and i'm continuing to dive deeper into the sugar jar because that's been i i feel like my 2023 i typically don't i'm not like a new year new me set goals or Mm -hmm. resolutions but 2023 i felt this huge push um so i was going with it because intuitively i felt a shift and something was definitely boundary so you've brought Mm. so much wisdom and i really am so grateful thank you thank Thank you you. for having me thank you where can everyone find you and just share the book again in case they're like oh my gosh i have to read this which i'm sure everyone is find me at yasmin cheyenne on instagram and then the book is The Sugar Jar, and it's sold everywhere books are sold. Target, Walmart, Amazon, all the places. Incredible. Thank you so much Thank for you. the work that you do and for making the time and space to be here. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Thank you so much for listening in. And if you are interested in going a little bit deeper on boundaries and learning more about The Sugar Jar, you can check out her book as it goes really deep. She's done such a beautiful job on it and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being here and Satnam. See you next time.